Quality sleep is essential, and that's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So you can choose what's right for you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores. Sleep Number does that. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. We've been talking a lot about vaccines this past year, and now they are poised to become a reality. The Pfizer vaccine was authorized in the United Kingdom last week, and people are now expected to start getting shots this week. Here in the United States, there are two vaccines, from Pfizer and Moderna, that are currently under FDA review for emergency use authorization. I know you have a lot of questions. I certainly have a lot of questions myself. When can I get it? What are the side effects? Is it safe? So to answer all these questions, Anderson Cooper and I hosted a town hall last week. I'm Dr. Sanjay Gupta, CNN's chief medical correspondent, and this is Coronavirus, Fact versus Fiction. Hey, and welcome. I'm Anderson Cooper. And I'm uh, Dr. Sanjay Gupta. This is our 23rd CNN Global Town Hall on the coronavirus. Only this time, the title is a hopeful one, The Vaccines. Joining us now, Dr. Anthony Fauci director of the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases. He's also soon to be uh, chief medical advisor in the incoming Biden administration. He's, of course, still a member of the White House Coronavirus Task Force. So, Dr. Fauci, President Biden is saying, quote, there is no detailed plan from the Trump administration about uh, distributing a vaccine. Have you seen a plan? What's going on? Well, there clearly is an organized approach that's uh, right from the military component of Operation Warp Speed, the planes, the trucks, the trains that take the material, in this case, the candidate vaccines from the storehouses, the warehouses where they are after they've been filled and finished to the local places of distribution, namely the state and the city local areas. Once it gets there, Anderson, it is up to the state and local authorities in their individual way to make the decisions about the distribution as well as the logistics of it. So it really is going to be at the level of the state. So I think that's what is meant by not having a broader global in the sense of the whole country plan, but the individual states and localities will make their decisions and to give the distribution the way they normally would distribute, something like influenza vaccine. So that's really the way it's going to be. I wonder if you could give us a picture of what it's going to look like. I mean, where will most of the vaccines actually be administered, do you think, uh, through doctor's offices, hospitals, CVS and Walgreens-type locations? Yeah, yeah, Sanjay, it's going to be all of the above. So it's going to be CVS, Walgreens, doctor's offices, clinics, and hospitals. I know that because they're already been shipped, ready for distribution, and, you know, Like you would do, Sanjay, I've made a couple of calls around right here where I live in Washington, and already we know there are some hospitals, some clinics that already have material that has been shipped to them. So when you said hospitals, some hospitals already have it, when do they get the go-ahead to start, you know, inoculating people? Yeah, as soon as the EUA is officially administered by the FDA, yeah, yeah, right, the emergency use authorization 
essentially immediately after that. It likely will be a day or at the most a couple of days, but it is essentially right from the time that you get the official authorization by the emergency use authorization, what we refer to as an EUA. You recently apologized for criticism of the, the UK speedy authorization of the Pfizer vaccine. Can you just talk about your initial concerns about that and the speed at, at which this is happening? Well, you, you know, we here in the United States, the Food and Drug Administration, no doubt, really is the gold standard of really careful scrutiny of all of the data. Some may say it's a bit too careful, a bit too slow, but it really isn't. It, it really makes very much the front burner safety and absolute certainty of efficacy. Um, other regulatory agencies in Europe and the UK may do it a little bit differently. You know, not necessarily better or worse, but just a little bit differently. We do it in a way that may seem to be very careful and very, very slow, but it really isn't. Jason Carroll had this uh, great piece about vaccine hesitancy, a topic you know well, uh, particularly among black and brown uh, communities. You know that th these communities have been disproportionately hit by this virus and they have higher rates of vaccine hesitancy as well. This seems like a major issue to address. And I'm, th I'm just wondering, as you're gonna be part of the Biden team now, what, what tangible steps will you take to sort of build that trust? I would say active community outreach, which we've already done. Uh, we do it by PSAs. We do it by engaging through our community groups that are associated with our clinical trial apparatus. And we do it by engaging leaders in the community. There already is a plan to get people who are respected by the community, athletes, uh, faith-based organizations, uh, personalities, celebrities to go out there and get people to be vaccinated. You know, it would be a really a terrible shame if we have the African-American and Latinx community who you're absolutely correct are disproportionately suffering more from this outbreak if they did not take a vaccine, which we know to be extraordinarily efficacious. So we really have a responsibility to very actively get out there and get the African-American community to appreciate that everything that has been done with these vaccines has been transparent and independent. And although it's understandable, given the history of how African-Americans have been treated by the medical community in this country. Historically, it's something that we certainly are not proud of. We've got to turn that around because we don't want to have the people who need it the most not have it because of hesitancy to get vaccinated. That would be a terrible shame. We spoke to Dr. Chris Murray with the IHME. Their latest model projects almost 539,000 U.S. COVID deaths by April. CDC's Director Redfield also warned that the next three months will be, quote, the most difficult time in the public health history of this nation. How bad do you think it, it, it's going to get? You know, Anderson, it could get as bad as you just heard the numbers of the model predicting. And the reason for that is we have a number of conflating events occurring that are going to essentially almost synergize in making things problematic. First of all, we have the surge that we already know has gone on even before the Thanksgiving holiday, that very steep inflection of cases. Secondly, you have the Thanksgiving uh, holiday, and we have not yet seen the full effect of a potential surge upon a surge 
of what happened last week because the event usually is followed by two to three weeks later, you see the increase in cases. The travel associated with Thanksgiving, the congregating at family and social gatherings with people indoors, sometimes without masks. So that may peak two to three weeks from now, which puts it right at the cusp before the Christmas holiday, where you're going to have more travel. So we're really very concerned if you take the Thanksgiving surge, the Christmas surge, by the time you get to the end of December and the beginning of the January, we very well could see the numbers that you just mentioned about the predictions of what these surges may mean. You, you know, you can get immunity, as you're talking about, Dr. Fauci, by getting the infection or getting the vaccine. Uh, is the expectation that people who receive the vaccine will have, have longer or stronger immunity versus people who, who got that immunity by, via infection? Sanjay, that's a great question. <laughs> uh, it really is, because that's what we used as the, the parameter of how potent the immune response is. If you look at the vaccine, the level and quality of neutralizing antibodies was comparable to and even better than what you see in convalescent plasma hmm. of people who actually were infected and developed an immune response. It's at least as good as the response associated with natural infection. We got another uh, text question coming in. Uh, this one is from Tara, uh, who writes, will the public have a choice in which vaccine they receive, Dr. Fauci? Well, what's gonna happen in practicality, uh, Sanjay, is that there will be shipments of vaccine according to contractual arrangements to different pharmacies, be it CVS or Walgreens or whatever hospital clinic or private practice doctor's office. And it is unlikely that they're gonna get both. They're likely gonna get one or the other. Hmm. But since these vaccines are almost identical, I don't think it makes any difference. If you were to ask me, would I rather have one versus the other? They're both RNA, mRNA vaccines, and they both have 94 to 95% efficacy, and they both have almost 100% efficacy against serious disease. So I don't think it really makes any difference, and the general public should not really worry about which of those they get. Now, now, Public Health England, Dr. Fauci, has said that if it's not possible to give someone two doses of the same vaccine, it is possible, they say, to interchange vaccines then. Uh, what do you think of that? You think it's reasonable? You know, that's not preferable, Sanjay. Um, for example, if you have a prime of a mRNA, you really want to have a boost of an mRNA. If you get a prime of an mRNA and a boost with an adeno uh, a candidate, that may be okay, but we didn't do the clinical trials to show that that's effective. I, I have uh, no doubt that you, you would get the vaccine, right, Dr. Fauci, when it was available to you. Um, you've told me that. I don't know if you know this, though. Uh, the New York Times has this interactive that'll give you an idea of where you are in line. So we actually looked you up. Um, and uh, it says that you're pretty far up there, but there's about 321,000 healthcare workers in front of you, Dr. Fauci, which kind of surprised me. I thought you would be, you would be first in line there. <laughs> That's funny. I don't know whether they, they, they plugged me in correctly because A, I'm a healthcare provider, and B, I'm, I'm elderly. The elderly are not in the 1A, as you well know. The 1A is healthcare providers and people in, uh, in nursing 
facilities. So I would be in one of those categories, but certainly not the others, at least not to my knowledge. But I mean, the question, you know, every viewer who's watching this wants, would like to know where they kind of fall in this. When do you think the average person can get it? Yeah, I mean, if you're talking, uh, Anderson, about essentially a healthy, non-elderly person with no recognizable underlying conditions, likely start getting it in, trickling in, end of March, early April. Once you get into April, probably full blast with those individuals. Mm. That's the reason why what we would really like to see is that once you get into the you know, open season in the sense of anybody can get it, that we really have a full court press on getting people vaccinated because the quicker you get the overwhelming majority of the country vaccinated, the quicker you're gonna have that umbrella of herd immunity, which would be so, so important in bringing the level of that virus way, way down to below the threatening level. The sooner we get there, the better we are. Dr. Anthony Fauci, thank you so much for joining us. Really appreciate it. My pleasure. Good to be with you guys. If you want to hear the entire town hall, head to the CNN Town Halls and Debates feed on your favorite podcast app. And if you have more questions, please record them as a voice memo and email them to asksanjay at cnn.com. We might even include them on the next podcast. We'll be back tomorrow. Thanks for listening. Quality sleep is essential, and that's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So you can choose what's right for you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores. Sleep Number does that. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com.